turn our Bibles to Psalm 119. We've got about three or four more of these to look at what the Bible says about, what, what Psalm says about the Bible. Psalm 119, and we're going to go to verse number 145. And like I said, we've only got a few more left. We've got one, two, three more left. And um, I just want you to follow along as I read these. We're going to read 145 to 152, and um, then I'm going to, we're going to look at what, what he's referring to here. And, and again, I feel like this is David that wrote, wrote this, and I'll, and I'll point out a few things to you in just a second. It says in 145, it says, I cried with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord, I will keep thy statues. I cried unto thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Hear my voice according unto thy loving kindness, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgment. They draw nigh that follow after mischief. They are far from thy law. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. Concerning my testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how we can apply this in our life. You've done so many wonderful things in our life, but may we truly turn back and see what you want us to do. And as I study this, as I look at some of these verses, it talks about crying a lot, and it talks about prayer. Lord, may we have a heart for prayer that God sees the compassion that we should have. Lord, we'll give you all the praise and glory for everything that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, when you look at this, um, a lot of times people have said that when David wrote this, he was a younger man. But I think our last verse that we just read shows that he was not. I think he wrote all these things and he went through all these things and he, and, and he could t- tell by just his testimony and the experiences that he had that he understood what was important. Go to that last verse. We're going to start at the very last verse. It says, concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. It's interesting, David writes that, and and when he writes this, not very much of the Bible had been written, but he understood the law. And he said it's been there and it's been tested, and we're going to go through the testing that he's going to talk about, but it shows you that he's an older man at this time. I think he's probably got gray hair, and he's just thinking back at his life, at some of his experiences, so he's writing these things down. So this particular... um, Eight verses I've got in my Bible, the crying psalmist. I think it was David that he, he shed a lot of tears to get back that re- relationship that he needed. And as we look at these, I want you to see this. So it talks about prayer. I, I read a quote, I heard a quote and, and looked up a quote that Charles Spurgeon said about prayer. And this is an excellent quote. He said, he who has been with God in the closet will find God with him in the furnace. That's an an incredible statement. He says, he who has been with God in the closet will find God with him in the furnace. In other words, what he's saying is, is sometimes you just got to get all alone and pray about things. There's there's a couple things that are really a burden on my heart right now that I've been praying over. And, you know, I've got two, two family members or actually three family members that are just concerning me, the direction that they're going and, 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 and the attitude that they might have. And, you know, do we ever get to the point where we, we really just bathe their name as, names in prayer? Tonight's Wednesday night, and what is it? It's a prayer meeting. We're going to get into, Pete's going to come up here and direct the prayer in just a little bit, and, and that's what it's all about. But you're going to see that he takes some very serious steps when he's talking about prayer. And as we look at these first four, he's going to answer the question, where, who, when, and how? And so if you look at the first verse, 
It says, I cried with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord. I will keep thy statutes. You know, here he's talking about where. What's he talking about? His heart, his whole heart. What is this referring to? His soul. And he says in this, he said, I cried with, with my whole heart. This is saying he's holding nothing back. And have you ever been to that point where you just say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but God, you can show me, but you've got to show me. And, and, and God will show you through his word, through people, through experiences, really what you need. And here he's saying his whole heart, he's not holding anything back. A lot of times, have you ever done something half-hearted? Have you ever heard your parents say that when you're growing up? You did that half-hearted. What does that mean? You really didn't put the most effort into it. Things show up when we don't do our whole heart. Now, I, I, used to play, I used to coach basketball, and it used to drive me crazy when people would get up there and they acted like they didn't care when we played. I had one particular family, both the boy and the girl, when they would play, you'd watch, and I couldn't even watch them as a coach because they didn't look like they cared. Now, they would get in a timeout and they'd act like they cared, but then when they get on the court, they wouldn't care. If you've ever seen basketball, when you play defense, you don't stand straight up. And this boy would stand straight up and I'd say, stop doing that. Get down and get ready. And guys would blow past him and he would say, I'm sorry, coach. He kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He was doing things half-hearted in my mind. I never understood that. When I was in college, I played, the whole, I played wholeheartedly. I, I left nothing to be thought where people could say, hey, he didn't care about the game. I cared about the game. But then when it comes to spiritual things, sometimes we just give God our half-heart. We might give him 10%, we might give him 20%, 70%. But here David is saying he cried with this, with his whole heart. He's given him everything that he has, every ounce of being that he is. He's crying over the situation. We don't know exactly the situation, but he says, I cried with my whole heart. And then it says this, hear me, O Lord. And no matter what happens, if, if God, we all know that God hears him, correct? Everybody understands that? When you talk to God, he hears you. But what was David's response to this? He's still going to keep his commandments, even if he doesn't think God hears him. He's going to give him his whole heart. He wants God to hear him. And he says, listen, I'm going to keep those commandments, those statues. And so here the first one is where. It's his heart. You've got to give God your heart. What does it say? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. All right, and, and there's nothing wrong with having hobbies, okay? There's nothing wrong with having something you like. All right, if you're around Bobby long enough, what's going to come up? A tractor, okay? Those ones he's trying to hide from Virginia. He's going to talk about those tractors, amen? You're around Ray long enough, you're going to hear two things. One thing is going to be golf. Well, three things, let's do the first one. First one's going to be Priscilla, all right? I get some points on that one. The second one's going to be, okay, never mind. Bobby has Virginia, and then it's tractors, okay? All right, so, so here we have um, Priscilla, then we have golf, and some of you don't know this, but he likes to fish. He used to be a professional fisherman. He liked to do that. And so you've got all these things. It's going to come up in the conversation. If I go golfing with him, he's going to talk about these things. And so where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. That, that's what's going to happen. If you talk to me, I like one thing. I love my wife. Okay, let's go with that one. Whew, got out of that one. And, and, and then the second one you'll hear me talk about, I like my dogs. My dogs love me. I don't like cats. I like dogs. 
The emotion is with me when they're, when they're there. I'm going to talk about them. I was just talking to Tamara. They, got a, they have a dog out there. I've never heard the kind of dog that they have out there. And, and, and it's a, 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 I don't know, it's, it's a poodle and something else. I've never heard that combination that they have. But, you know, what you like, you'll talk about. That's why you need to share verses with people. So that people know you're reading your Bible and you love the Lord when you talk about His Word, what He's done for you. Here in this verse, it says, His whole heart. I cried with my whole heart. God, I am not leaving anything out. You know what I love about David? There's a story of David. Remember when he he messes up with Bathsheba? She has the baby, remember? And they told him that the baby was going to die. But what did he still do? He still prayed over it and prayed over it, and prayed over it, and prayed over it. And when the baby died, what did he do? He turned it over to the Lord. He got the answer. It wasn't the answer he wanted, but he moved on after that. Now, he, I know a lot of people that they'll cop an attitude towards God and say, why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? But that's not what David did. He wanted God to make him what he needed to be. He said, listen, I've given you my whole heart. Where's it at, your whole heart? When's the last time we earnestly prayed with our whole heart? I think if we were really honest with ourselves, that'd be a hard question to figure out. We really prayed and we cried out, Lord, with our whole heart. You know, Sunday's friend day. Have you prayed over a friend you can invite? I mean, my wife and I, um, we, were, we went to a rally in Johnson City. I'm not going to say who it was, but we went to a rally. We never got in, but we went to the rally. And when you're in a line for two and a half hours or three hours, you start talking to the people around you. And so we actually went with the, I always say their name wrong, the Rouses, the, the, the man that just came and preached here. He's from Knoxville. He works with the Spanish-speaking people. And, and so he, was, he got tickets, and we invite, he invited us. We went. And there was a young lady, that, a lady that was with us, that was in front of us. She became part of our family after three hours. We knew where she worked. We knew where, we know where she, where she, what city she lives in. And so at the very, you know, when we were still talking with her, we said, listen, we're having a friend day. What church do you go to? And hopefully she'll come this Sunday. And you know what? It doesn't take a lifetime to make a friend. And so I'm praying over her. I know what her first name is. I'm hoping she comes. And you know, she knows a lot about us after we've been talking for three hours, amen? But you know, people, God will bring people your way. When's the last time we really prayed whole, with our whole heart? With our whole heart. This is where God, what, 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 where God wants you. He wants to see your whole heart. Now look at the next one. We're going to answer the who Because the where is your whole heart, the next verse tells you who you're supposed to pray to. And David says this, he said, I cried unto thee. Now, I know a lot of people cry over things. Man, I hate it when I watch a Hallmark show and it gets me. And how many guys have ever done that? And you you go, man, I got something in my eye. I I hate that. And then if I, I... you know what I really hate is when I'm watching it with Meredith. Because you know what she'll say? You're crying! I'm like, oh, stop. And I know what's going to happen in a Hallmark show. I could, I could write the script. They're all the same. But you know, sometimes... Some, who said that? Okay, all right. <laughs> Dorcas is going, I didn't say it, I didn't say it. Um, 
But sometimes we cry over the wrong things. We can get, we can get messed up over a TV show and yet we don't cry to the Lord anytime. The who we're supposed to cry to is God. And this is just not talking about a loud voice. It's talking about tears. We're supposed to cry unto Him. Some people get more upset when their football team loses. Some people get more emotional. I, I, if you were to tell me, I, I, I grew up in the 80s. If you were to tell me that when teams would win a big tournament, there would be riots in their city, I would say, that's just crazy. That don't make any sense. Why would you win a, win a series and all of a sudden they, they loot everything and they break things? That's just, to me, it's just there's no common sense in that. They get more emotional wrapped up in those things than they do crying to the Lord. See, God wants your heart. That's where He wants it. He also wants the who. He wants to be the one you're crying, for, crying to. I can share everything I want with my wife. Every concern I have, every prayer request, but can, she can't change anything. She can't. And I share these burdens with her. I share burdens that I have. But Priscilla, what can she do? She, you go to that verse, he, she can't make herself taller. She can't do all these other things. But you know what? She can help me carry the burden, but she can't change the situation. Only God can. So the who is God, not your friends, not anybody else. It's who we're supposed to be crying unto Him. And keep reading in this verse, it says this, I cried unto thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. He's saying, listen, I need, God, I'm giving you my whole heart, and listen, I'm going to pray to you, I'm going to cry unto you, and you'll save me, and I'll keep those testimonies. You know when some people lose their, lose their testimonies and they don't follow God's word is when they're in a heat of a crisis. That furnace comes along and guess what? It comes along and it'll just destroy you. But my God is the God on the mountaintop and he's the God in the valley. And he'll help you on the mountaintop and he'll help you in the valley. But you've got to understand the who. The who is God. The where is your heart. Go to the next one and you can say When? The next two verses tell you when. It says, I, pre I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. I hoped in thy word. He's saying, listen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be so struggling with this that I'm going to do this in the early morning hours. And you say, well, my schedule's too busy. Do you not think the king of a nation's schedule is not too busy? Absolutely. I know, Riley. I'm too heavy to lean up against this. I won't do it anymore. All right. Riley's the only one laughing. Russ wants to laugh too. But anyway, all right. I moved the pulpit. All right. So let me, let me say this. If you think you're, if, can you imagine what his schedule was like? He had this nation going after him. He had this nation going. He had a son that was going after him. He had people in his cabinet that were going against him. And he said, yet yeah, in, the, in, the early, in the early parts of the morning, I am going to do this. And watch the next verse. Not only in the early parts of the morning, it says in verse number 148, it says, Mine eyes prevent the night watches. He's going to do it at the nighttime. And in the nighttime that I might meditate in thy word. It, it, it hinders him being able to read the word, but I'm going to tell you something. He's crying out the whole time. I, I think we live in a world 
where we're so busy that we don't even share a tear over, over, over a lost soul. I think we don't share tears over our, our prayer request. You know, I, I was talking to some people, some people having surgery in here. My daughter's having surgery. You know, it, it's a big thing. And I wonder if, if we were to really talk about our prayer life, how strong our prayers would be to us would be a reflection of how strong our prayers are to others. I wonder what that would mean. I mean, I want people to pray for my daughter. It's a big decision she has to make. But I know you have burdens also. And as much as I want my daughter's prayers to be heard and her name be uplifted, your name needs to be uplifted. But so often what we do is we just take the easy route. And God wants to, he wants to see our heart. He wants us to cry unto him. He wants us in the wee hours of the morning, in the late part of the evening, just meditate upon him. Don't you think sometimes we're just too busy? It always reminds me, how many of you watch the Andy Griffith show where they talk about it's just too busy, so they want to make a, an orchestra and they do all this, and they end up doing more work while they're doing that, if you've ever seen that episode. And that's what our life is. And God wants us just to be simplistic when it comes to this. We need to go back and say, okay, let's talk to him. Let's pray to him. Let's ask him. You know, again, I can ask 20 different people statements in here about a situation I'm going, I might be going through, and when I ask you, what can you do to change it? Nothing. But God can, and God works in miraculous ways. I'm telling you, he does. You sit back and you go, wow, I didn't see that one coming. And sometimes God is just up there waiting for us to call on him. So what's holding you back from doing this? Because here, here, David, he's at his end of his life, I think, with the last verse. I think he's talking about when he's older and he says, listen, I've looked at this and I've understood what it's, why it's important to cry with my whole heart, to cry to you and to look at you early in the morning and read your word in the evening and get this all where it needs to get and get a right proportion of what I'm doing. And so often we just throw it aside and say, I'll figure this out myself. And I think there's sometimes God looks and says, okay, you're in your own calamity. And what does it say sometimes if you, get, if you get thrown off and you're not doing what God wants you to do? He'll laugh at you. You say, well, that's not what the Bible, it does. It talks about he'll laugh at your calamity because sometimes we forget who he is. Who, when, you, when you say the word God, what do you think of? I always think of one word, but let me hear what somebody says. When I say the word God, what attribute do you think of? Someone give me one. Just raise your hand and give me one. Holy. All right. What? Sovereign. Good words. It's not the one I think of. What? Father. Not, mine's close to that. Anybody else? My Savior. That's good. Omniscient. Omnipresent. You got all those that go in. But you know what I always think of? He's my creator. And if he's my creator, do you not think he has the ability to control his, the creation and to help the creation? Man, when I think of, and I, and I love all those, holy, wow, that's an incredible word. Because that even adds to the creation because he's a holy God, he created the all right. 
And, and as I think of this and I think of, man, if I could just, I cry about other things, but I need to cry to him. I need, I need for him to know with my whole heart, I want his help. Again, my wife can help me in certain things, but there's certain things that I can just share with her, but she can't change. And God can change things. He has, and he will. We just got to ask him. And so often we forget who he is. We forget all these attributes and they're wonderful attributes. But when I think of him and I think of his create, he's a creator. Wow. Anybody have anything that ever goes wrong in your life? Read the next verse because he's going to tell you that some things you can't get past. Look at this. Go to verse number 150. Wait, let's go to verse 149. I'm going to jump, jump, jump ahead. Go to verse 149. It says, Hear my voice according to thy loving kindness, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. Now, when you look at this verse, hear my voice according to thy loving kindness. He is pointing out that God is loving and he, he's a kind God. But then he says this. He says this. He says, O oh Lord, quicken me. What's the word we use for quicken? Anybody? Correction. He's going to correct you. He's going to point you in the right direction. And so you're saying he's loving kindness, but he says, listen, I also want you to correct me. You know why my parents spanked me? Because they loved me. They weren't abusive to me, but they spanked me because they loved me. When I did something wrong. And I want to tell you something. We've got some people in here that don't have kids yet. And you go, I just want everything. I want everything to be good. I mean, I think if your daughter, she would be hard. I, I, I couldn't do anything wrong to her. I mean, she just got that little smile. I mean, I don't see how you can correct her. I'd say, okay, just go ahead and go, you know. And we see it with our granddaughter. It's just this, this woman that I married, when she was a mother, she was different. But now she's a grandmother. It's like, where did that come from? She can eat her dessert first. She can do all these things. It's like, what? And we laugh when she does something and you go, you shouldn't be doing that. But you know what? So, so often in our life, do we ever ask God to quicken us, to, to, make, to make us stronger, to correct us? Because those corrections and the quickening will make us stronger as Christians. Right? But see, you've got to get the right perspective of this. David could only say this because of the first couple verses in this. He could say it because he said, listen, I've given you my whole heart. I'm going your direction. I'm going to ask you what I need. I'm going to study. I'm going to, I'm going to pray in the morning. I'm going to study at evening. I'm going to give you my mornings and my evenings. So you listen, through all this, you can quicken me. And what does he ask God to quicken him with? The scriptures. See, man's rules change. Right? God's rules don't. And there's something about having that consistency where you know where God stands. God stands and his, and his word never changes. And Jesus, what did the Bible say? Yesterday, today, and forever. He's always going to be the same. He's always going to listen to you. And so when you go through, the, you go through these situations where he's quickening you through the scriptures, and he does. How many of you ever had said something wrong about somebody? And then you read the Bible and you say, hmm, I probably shouldn't have said that. I've been there. 
you've done something and then you read the scriptures and go, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. What's happening? The Bible's quickening you. It's strengthening you. It's making you where you need to be. And it's also correcting you. But can I tell you, life still goes on, even through all these things? You ever notice that, that life still goes on? Anybody have any problems that happen this way? Don't tell me what they are, but, you know, I'm thinking of these two men back here. They went to help Daniel pick up his car. Bobby and Lowell, what time did you start in the morning? About 8 o'clock in the morning. How long was the drive? <laughs> if there was no problems, what would the drive be? Okay, five hours there, five hours back. Driving along, all of a sudden, one of his tires goes flat. Driving along a little bit longer, and another tire goes flat. And so they don't get back till 9.30 or 10 o'clock. Now, Lowell, he told me you had a good time. We'll talk later, and you can tell me what really happened, okay? But as you go this, you think, oh, I'm just going to go pick up a car. Everything's going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, you pick up a car that's broken down, and your, your trailer breaks down on the way there. I don't think Bobby got up and goes, I'm looking forward to this trailer breaking down. Amen? I was talking to Mike McCann, and he said his daughter-in-law, when they were out in Hawaii, their car broke down on the interstate and couldn't get it off the interstate. And I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of going to Hawaii. You don't want to break down on their interstates. And so you're sitting there going, oh my word. You know, we don't plan these things, but problems happen. Look at the next verse. There are problems in life. Verse 150 says this, they draw nigh that follow after mischief. Okay, now watch what he's saying. There are going to be people, there's going to be situations that are going to come to you, and they're drawing nigh to you. You ever been in a situation you go, what am I going to do to get out of this? Um, when I was growing up, I don't do it any, I, I don't go anymore, but my dad brought me and my nephew, and he took us to a haunted house. And my dad didn't even know who, who Star Wars was. And Darth Vader walked up to him, and he thought it was funny. He was shaking his hand and all that. Well, I was scared to death of who Darth Vader was. And he set me on this little thing, and, and, I, and the, only, the only thing that I had going for me was I was with my dad, everything's okay. The safety with my dad, I, I could hug his neck and everything would be okay. Then all of a sudden, they hit this trap door. I fell through the trap door, landed in some sponges and stuff. I didn't get hurt. But now I'm in a room all by myself. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're all by yourself and you're scared. And you have to go through the whole thing, the maze to get out. My dad thought it was the funnest thing that I'd ever done. I got out and I never wanted to go back again. Because there's something about it as a little child, like, why, why did they do that to me? You know, pick somebody else, don't do this to me. Have you ever been in a situation where your world starts crashing around you? And people are, are, are part of it and it says this, it says, they draw nigh that follow after mischief. People that are in mischief, they will always try to, to ruin other people. But look what it says. He says, not only are they following after mischief, but they're not what? They're not following the scriptures. That's a given. 
You know, when, when I'm thinking about these two police officers, if they ever pull somebody over, arrest them, they're probably into what? Mischief. And what are they doing? Not following the law. It's a common sense thing. But this is even stronger because he says, listen, these people are they're drawing close to me. I, I wonder if he was thinking about Absalom. Absalom's going to come and he's going to take it over and he's into this mischief and he, and he thinks he's somebody. He's going to come over. He's going to take this off of me. He's going to take my kingdom. And he said, let him do whatever he wants to do. And they're, and, and they're getting closer. They're getting closer. They're getting closer. If you read the story of when Absalom comes, what is it? That his men are saying, you need to get out of here. We need to move. We need to do these other things. Because they were men of war. They understood what was going on. And he was drawing nigh and drawing nigh and drawing nigh. And they weren't listening to what the Scripture said. He's going anti-Bible on, on, on his own dad. And can you imagine how that broke his heart? Oh, Absalom. There's problems going to be around you. How do you handle it when problems are around you? And they're not following what God says. I'm telling you, we live in a wicked world. Wicked world. Things are twisted. And I don't know where you stand on what they're doing in politics right now, but that man didn't deserve to go through all the stuff that he's went through. Most people would have just caved, would have caved and, and not done anything. And I don't agree with everything that he's done, but I'm telling you, we live in a wicked world where they will just, people will destroy you for no reason. The mischief is out there. And they don't care about the word. And David's saying, you know, these guys have done this. They're coming around me and they're close. I wonder if he's recalling some of the times when he was, there was life-threatening situations where they were trying to take him out. I wonder if he's thinking about that when he could have lost his life. But you know what I love about him? Even when there's problems in life, although there are problems in life, there are always answers. Go to the next verse. This verse says, they draw nigh that follow after mischief, they are far from thy law. Now look at this. Although they're far from thy law and they're very close to him, what's it say? Thou art near. Just about the time you think you have no answers, you got to realize that God's still beside you. And, if, and as I was studying this, I thought, oh my word, that's just amazing because he, he's going through all these things and they're so close. But you know what? God's closer. Look at this verse, it says this, it says, Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. He said, when you're going through these problems, you're just going through these struggles, he said, you, you, you think they're about to get you, they're in mischief, they don't care about what the Bible says, they don't care what's going on, and they're following their own way. He said, even in there, you're close to me, and I'm going to trust in your word. It's when you go through a problem, you can say, okay, I don't really know what's going to happen, but I'm going to follow what God's word is. I'm going to stay faithful to you. I'm going to, I'm going to stay faithful to the Lord. I'm going to stay faithful to what, what you want me to do. I'm going to follow your word. When your word tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. And then he ends it with this. He says, listen, I realize in my days of, of, of living that God, you're still God. Look at that last verse. We've already looked at it, but we didn't really break it down. It says in this last verse, in these in this eight verses, it says in the last verse, it says this. It says, concerning thy testimonies, He's wrapping it all up. He says, concerning thy testimonies, he says, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. Here's what David's saying. He's saying, when Moses was backed up against that Red Sea, 
and the armies were coming against him. No one would ever have thought that they were going to walk on dry land. But they did. And when you, when you think of what Joseph went through, when he tells his, son, his, his brothers, you're going to bow down to me. He knew the stories. It was in the law. He says, listen, he goes, later on he would save a country and save the world. Noah built an ark. Moses led the people. I mean, you just think of the things that he knows. And he looks back and he goes, because they did it, and I've seen how it's worked, it will work with me too. And we're even further than this, because this is the Old Testament. We have all the minor prophets, and then we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and all the 27 books in the New Testament where we're even further along. We're thousands of years even past where David is. I want to tell you something. Work for David, it'll work for you. So my point is this. We need to give God our whole heart. Cry over it. We need to ask God. We need to go to God and cry, cry to Him in the morning and the evening. And we need to lift our voice to them. And there's going to be problems around you. And when those problems come, guess what? God is near. Isn't that a great verse? If I were to memorize any verse, I'd memorize 151. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. Man, I'm telling you, we serve a great God. And at the end of your life, you know, I don't know where we are. I don't know, who, who, I don't know um, where, where we are in our life. I could, I could live to be 85 years old. I could live to be 52 years old. I could live to be 95 years old. But I can tell you at the end of my life, I want to reflect back and say, I am so thankful that I followed God's will. Through struggles, trials, and tribulation, God, you've always been with me. When my wife went through that surgery, when she had this major surgery, I felt all alone. You sit back and you go, man, what's going to happen? I've been in situations where I've felt all alone. I remember taking a young man to go to the hospital, which I knew that his dad and his brother had just passed away in a car wreck. And he was asking me, why are you picking me up from school? I said, I'm just going to take you up there. And I get the phone call saying that he passed away and I couldn't tell him. I wanted his mom to tell him. And it broke my heart that he was sitting right beside me and I couldn't tell him. And I knew what he was going to go when he walked in that hospital, what, was going to, what he was going to hear. And you feel all alone when you're in situations like that. But can I tell you something? God's always close to me. God's always close to you. And through the tri trials and tribulations that you go through, and sometimes you just think all you see is mischief. God is still bigger than that and he's closer than that in every situation.